Welcome to the very first episode of Words with Friends. Today, we have the pleasure of sitting down with two extraordinary sisters, Kat and Yana Velos, whose bond goes beyond sisterhood. They are business partners, sisters, and inseparable friends who exemplify the true essence of a deep and unbreakable connection. In this heartwarming conversation, we explore the idea that friendships, much like pieces of clothing, serve different needs in our lives. Just as a warm and cozy wintry coat shields us from the harshest of times, some friends offer unwavering support during our toughest moments. Meanwhile, like a sparkling and glamorous top, others bring us joy and excitement, creating unforgettable memories during our best times. Kat and Yana take us on a journey through their lives, sharing cherished memories and experiences that have strengthened their sisterly bond. We delve into the countless ways they complement each other, offering different perspectives and yet always supporting one another's growth. In a world that often glorifies individuality, we discuss the importance of interdependence and how relying on others is not a sign of weakness, but rather a testament to the strength of our connections. Kat and Yana shed light on how their interdependence has shaped their lives positively and how we as a society might benefit from relearning the value of meaningful connections. In this episode, you were dropped into dinner, to dinner. We're having roast chicken, salsa verde, and some crispy potatoes. I have the mic on the middle of the table, and the conversation has been flowing since the minute they walked in the door. It's evolved and bounced off to so many things. I couldn't be more proud of this conversation, and it is such a testament to both Kat and Yana and their beautiful relationship. So please enjoy. And after, please don't forget to like and subscribe us so that we can get the word out there on these beautiful conversations. Because I left the pandemic, like the first lockdown. And I was like, I don't want, for the first time I felt in my age bracket, I felt like there was a really big, gorgeous community. And everyone was checking in with each other and everyone was like really connected and not flaky and really like showing up for one another. And I was like, I don't want to go back to this weird ghosting era of like, I don't know, or those behaviours where, like, that's acceptable and, like, I don't know. No, that's so true. Do you know what I mean? When I think of ghosting, I think traditionally with dating, I think that the whole, the last few years, our whole dating norm has become ghosting because everyone's online and you don't need to actually confront the relationship, so you just Mm. turn off. You're like, what's that thing? I've actually never been on the dating app. What's that thing where you cancel and you can't see them again? I don't know. You block them. 
you block them from seeing your profile or you unsubscribe. You unmatch, I think. You oh, you unmatch. unmatch. Right. And so that's like the modern day ghosting because you don't actually need to fess up to something. But then I, with friendships, ghosting. But, don't you think that a friendship breakup is just essentially like a big fat ghost? Oh, no, I think it's a big fat blow up sometimes. It depends it's, on your yeah, style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a subtle freeze out like the thing naturally. <laughs> yeah, so a ghost. Just, no, but it's not even like a ghost. It's like you get the vibes, but it, it just cools off naturally. Whereas I think that other people might have a more, not confrontational, but maybe a communicative and express mm. communication that this friendship is over. Whereas I think it would be easier. A less avoidant. Completely. Mm. Whereas I think that sometimes it's just a feeling. So it's hard when someone hasn't done anything in a really obvious, obnoxious way to break up a friendship. It's almost like, I'm not feeling this. But I think you kind of, yeah, I don't know. Like I I mean, I'm, I'm a very avoidant person. Like I hate conflict. Mm. Yeah. But then it like, I mean, it depends if it matters enough for me, Mm. but I mean, you're meant to be like that with friends. You're just meant to be like happy and I don't know. Mm. I don't That's know. Interesting because I think that previously, like when I was probably in my high school years and things, I probably felt that way towards friendships. But then as I've gotten older and I've genuinely, my friends are like my family now, mm. or a few, quite a few of my friends are like my family, it would, I feel as though they know me so well that. It wouldn't even come up that something you did offended me because sometimes they know you so well. They yeah, know what they've right, done or yeah. they've read you. They're like, I'm sorry, that was a, a shit mm. thing or I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you have a more adult relationship with your friends, it's almost just respecting the other person and implicitly knowing the way mm. they are and what would or wouldn't offend them. So if something comes up, you know, let's say you have one friend who being like really irks and I'm never, I'm never on time as much as I endeavour to be. If I'm late, let's say some of my friends are militant about it, so mm. I would be like, I'm so sorry. And, of course, my other friends, I would apologise, but you could say, I know that you specifically hate mm. people who were like, mm. I didn't mean to disrespect your time, I X, Y, Z. But I don't know. Some friends, I actually can't even recall the last time said that someone said that pissed me off or hurt me. Yeah. Mm. Look, the thing is with <laughs> friendships, I think – Sometimes you ice it out a little bit and then actually your friend might be going through a phase. You might be going through a phase yeah. and then you reconnect. So it's not necessarily worth having that conversation. Mm. But I think for me, this yeah. is a couple of times where I've actually said, I actually want the friendship to end because what you've done <laughs> has been almost like shambolic. Completely. Yeah. Beyond the It's beyond the family now. Start talking about my family. I'm like, okay, nah. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, but yeah, I think like really. Yeah, I think like if I've. Yeah, I really agree with the phase thing because I've. Yeah, I've experienced that with friends where I'm like, oh, that's weird, and then I'm just like, I'm just gonna let them cool off and like let mm. them do their thing. They'll come back around, and yeah, like I've had that thing where we've like caught up for dinner and they're like. So, like, I've recently gone to therapy and, like, now I've realised and, like, that's just why I've been at MIA for the last three months. And you're like, oh, cool. No problem. That's great. Yeah. Glad to hear you working on this. <laughs> this is why I was... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, 
It's so complex, and that's why we're obviously talking about it. But yeah, I know. You could, and that like, I think romantic relationships break down, but like friends are just always, always there. Totally. Yeah. But mm. sometimes your friends, sometimes your friends aren't there, and or sometimes your friends aren't there in the way that you would expect, and that's why I think. I honestly, I've said this for a while now, I see friends as clothes in the sense that some clothes are for an occasion and mm. some clothes are not for an occasion. So <laughs> you can wear a trench coat in winter or a really warm jacket or then you'll have something that's a forever piece. That's for every single occasion. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. And they're your best friends. They're your staples. And I think, yeah, that's the ride or die. Mm. Totally. Mm. That's the people that you're like, yes, let's do this. And some friends as well, I can go out to connect you to other people. Like, without mm. you even realising mm. it. Like, we've had friends in the past where we're no longer even friends with them, but we have met our best friends that are like our sisters mm. through this person. Mm. And interesting. I feel like sometimes like they're the vehicle. Like, yeah. they're almost – sometimes I feel like I'm like that with people because, like, I have, I'm in contact with so many people all yeah. the time. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, you two should meet because I just really think – you would hit it off. Well, you're Cupid, but with friends. How yeah, good is that? I know. And you're yeah. open to it as well. Some people aren't open to their friends meeting. I think when I was younger, I wasn't. Like, I think when I was a lot younger, I think, obviously, just being immature, I don't think I just had the security within myself. To be like, yeah, like, you know. But I think as I've gotten older, and especially as I've done the club, I think, you know, why would you ever deny anyone of like a very good friendship just like what's that saying about jealousy that jealousy like damages the love it seeks to protect and so it's like you kind of kill you kind of kill what you're trying to protect by if you ever get jealous about your like other people hanging out I don't know Mm. I'm always just like be besties you know? I love that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, I think I read that once and it's like always just stuck with me that you – it's like honey and vinegar. You attract way more – what is it? Flies, bees? Yes. With honey than you do vinegar? Yeah. Yes. No, you just have to keep being you all the time. Totally. And, and be happy for people. Completely. And I think that that's another thing. Someone else's success, whether that's a success in a relationship between a person or someone's actually, you know, accomplishment, it doesn't have to detract from your own or what you've achieved. It's actually, mm. if anything, more of an example of how you have great tenants in friends that also mm. get along and you're mm. just attracting like-minded people together, which is when the magic happens. Totally. Which I love. And I think that so many of our friends do that even – when we started Golden Groves, it was like one person connecting you to another person. Yes. To another person. And it's this chain effect. And I'm like, how the fuck did we get so lucky? I've made so many friends. I love Totally. And I think I can't agree with that more. Like ever since I started the club, it's just like there's been huge chain reaction of, you know, moving in circles with the same people. But it's not the same people. It's just people who mentally, or oh, I don't even know what the word is, but just they're how they navigate themselves and their friendships all the line and they're all just I don't know I was reading a book the other week about um friendship and it's like shine theory and it's like if you shine I shine mm, I love that uh, and I'm like, like we've got that all of us mm, yeah I agree when you say when you shine I shine it's 
everyone around you just takes on your quality of yeah mm. um, can you just introduce yourself please okay go, you can go first okay. okay um i'm katiana Cat, or what Yana just said, Katiana, which is my name in Greek. And I am a co-founder of Golden Groves, which is... Oil Magnate. Yes, yeah. Oil Magnate without the billions, but yeah. soon to be, hopefully, in the yeah. future at some I point. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Oil Magnate that's sustainable. We're not... Yeah, I love that it's like, it's like the tiniest, it's like the right amount of obnoxious. Like, I love it so much. Oil Magnate, so yeah. Yeah, it's redefining... <laughs> Oil magnates. Yeah. Totally. It's a little bit provocative. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I think obnoxious was the wrong word, but you know what I mean. It's like a little no, bit cheeky, a little bit. I know. love it. It's <laughs> actually what we do a lot with Golden Groves as well. Like even with like the Golden Groves caviar and the McDonald's hash brown. Mm. We are a little bit provocative. So, yeah. Yes. I love that from two. And the big clit energy movement. <laughs> we're trying to. <laughs> big clit energy. Yeah, we're trying to trademark that one. <laughs> Have you already done it? No, it's. Going to be happening. Um, I would be getting straight onto what is it? The, yeah. the registration of the big Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm the, the other half of Golden Grove. So, yes, I'm a sister Yana. Um, and then the two of us work together. We've got Golden Groves to sell our family's olive oil. But you both have jobs. You both have jobs outside of Golden Groves. Yes, we do. So. I studied double degree in arts and law and mm. I decided when I was interning overseas, I was like, oh, I don't necessarily know whether I want to be a lawyer despite having thought I'd be one my whole life. And then I came back and, yes, to answer the question succinctly, I do work at a legal job at a law mm. firm in the CBD. So nice. I do my legal job. I do Instagram work online in the food space. Yeah and lifestyle things and then golden groves as well yeah and then with myself so it's so hard talking about what you do but you have like an undefined job it's like i know because the thing is i was working as you know before consulting doing finance and strategy and then last year i took a leap of faith and i went on the leap of absence and i was doing freelance um consulting and like social Mm. media Mm -hmm. and pr Mm -hmm. project based and now i'm I've actually taken the last two months off working because I felt so burnt out doing lots of different roles, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. And so next week I'm going back into working, back into consulting, mm-hmm. and I actually feel ready to start mm-hmm. working again and giving my energy. I mm-hmm. think that I just felt so depleted. Mm-hmm. So really right now my hat is working consulting. <laughs> And then working on Golden Groves as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's so... I, when people ask me what I do, I'm always just like, um, I don't know what I do. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I always have this like, oh, like, um, I think when it's also your, like a business that you're starting, I don't know when the point is that you're like, yes, this is what I do mm-hmm. or this yeah. is my business. I think it's hard because... I'm not sure how you feel about yourself, but I don't like labeling myself and I can't label myself because there are so many things that I love to do and that I do and mm. that I am. So when it comes down to saying what you do for work, I feel like sometimes I'm not necessarily giving myself justice with mm. a title or a job role because I've actually never been someone that looks at a job 
and I define myself with that. Mm. And I always found it really weird that people would be like, I'm a teacher, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor. Mm. It's like, no, I'm Yana, I'm 24, I'm really bubbly, vivacious, hardworking, motivated. Yeah. This is who I am. Yeah, well, I think it just comes back into that whole idea of how jobs define us. I know. Which, for a lot of people, that's really amazing and they are really interchangeable and it is just really easy just to have that one word. But, yeah, I think with mine, like, I get – I think still it's very – with the club, it's, like, very taboo to, like, admit that you might want some friends. Or it's, like, that air of, oh, like, who doesn't have friends? Like, why do people need to come to a club for that? Like – you know, people slip through the cracks. It's hard. You know, the modern world is so hard to navigate and find decent relationships. But yeah, so I think sometimes when people are like, "What do you do?" I'm like, uh-huh. "Well, I have this," um, and I talk like that. And I'm like, "Why?" She just I'm working on being like, "So I have a supper club, helps people make friends, and yeah." It's totally because it's. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say what you're doing is actually fantastic oh and God. amazing and Thank it's you. something that is just so actually considered and imparts such great value to people's lives mm. and people saying people don't have friends you don't know what someone's doing someone totally moved to a city totally someone and I think died. you don't know yeah and I just think I don't know I think I don't know first day of year one your mum's saying did you make a friend today mm. and it's like from day one you meant to have a friend and then I think when people kind of move cities or they literally don't know anyone it's so I don't know it's like so daunting I don't know it um, is oh sorry yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to say as well I have so many friends come up to me and say or people mm. how do you meet these people your friends are so cool or they're this or they're that and I'm saying I have my friends who I've had like for life since the day I was born. Mm. I have friends that I met last year. I have friends that I made mm. last bloody week in the nail salon. Yeah. And the thing is, like, <laughs> truly, I meet so many friends in the like hair salon, the nail salon, and people always look and are always looking for that human connection. Mm. So I don't think it comes down to this thing where it's you have to have your friendship group. That's what, mm. how sad would life be if I was just hanging around with mm-hmm. the people I, I just only really hung out with at this period in my life or this point in my life because we all change and we evolve and. I think it's great for people to always want new friends. I never believe someone when they say I've got enough friends. Totally. Because for me, I think that when people say they've got enough friends, it means you're actually not necessarily open. You're not mm. opening yourself up to new experiences, new people, what you can learn. Like also having fun with different people and going to different events. And yeah. And just being open-minded. Yeah. Like the people that I think we've met in the last year since launching Golden Groves, like I can truly say that, We've met at least five people that I know will be lifelong friends. Mm. Like, they're friends that literally rocked up to our mum's funeral and we didn't even tell them. Oh, my God. Like, they are like... Isn't that amazing how that happens? Yeah. Like, and I think it's so interesting how... Oh, this has happened to me before. Where you meet people... And for some, whatever reason, like, you just, like, in, I guess if you were to put it on, like, a romantic scale, like, it's what people would say is, like, the one. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, these people who are, like, your friendship one. And they might, like, be, they might not be, like, 
for every category of your life, but they are like someone who like has the tools for something specific in your life. And then they do that and they like offer support in a like an insane time of need or they do something like that. And then the people that you've been lifelong friends with, like you've never had that from and you start to get a bit like, Ooh, (laughs) my oldest friend did not do that. But this random person that I've, I mean, they're not random, but in the scheme of your life. Yeah, they appear random. They appear <laughs> like you've known them for technically to five minutes. I don't know. It's just so interesting how that happens. And it's like your connection become is so quick and it becomes so strong so quickly. Yeah, and they move you and they actually, mm. they shape you. I think that sometimes when stuff like that happens and I know I need to like remind myself that it's what you said before, Katiana, like, Certain friends aren't going to offer you mm. what you need. And that's mm. why I think the love languages actually read yeah. at the beginning of the uh, five love languages. And the guy on the plane tried to pick me up. He thinks that I'm like, he thought I was trying to pick up a guy. I'm like, no, hun. I'm trying to actually <laughs> understand my family and my friends yeah. and my life better because I've realized that, for example, we are one friend that she's not necessarily – her, her strong suit isn't probably providing emotional support, but she will support me in my career and making certain opportunities mm. happen. And she does that and she'll always help me because that's what her strength is and that's how she knows she, she can give to me. And mm. she shows her love through that act of service. Mm. First, I've got other friends who probably tell me all the time that they love me mm. and like <laughs> tell me I'm amazing, which obviously makes me feel good. Yeah. And they're servicing another need of mine. Mm. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind mm. when you do have your friends and sometimes, you know, those friends that you have had for a shorter amount of time are probably going to show up maybe in a way that you tra- traditionally value it mm. more. Yeah. But the older friends, I don't know, they can't be hungry. I also started researching um, attachment styles. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm not God. really ready to divulge, but, yeah, I think um, – it's really giving me some thoughts about how to navigate friends. And also, like, what we were talking about before with, you know, if you've ever had an issue with a friend and, like, what is the need that isn't being met within yourself and, like, mm-hmm. all these things and, like, how, yeah, attachment styles and love languages go hand in hand. It's very interesting. They do. And I, I also <laughs> think something that's interesting in what you just said before was – you meet this person and they're the one and they shake mm. you up as a friend. But how funny is it that as soon as you meet a friend and you genuinely get along with someone so much yeah. and you start speaking about them to your other friends, they're like, whoa, 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 who is this <laughs> friend? <That's Yeah>. like, <laughs> how are you friends with this person? But we're open to romantic yeah. relations. You could meet a random in a club, you're drunk, dancing yeah. at the table. Yeah, but then your body is just like living life. Love. And everyone's like, yes, girl, like, get it. But then you'll start talking about this other person that you've met, like a friend, and go, but how can you be best friends with this person? Yeah, it's so weird. And it's something that's acceptable for you to be like, I'm in love, I'm attached after one interaction. But if you were like, I went to a lunch and I just had a conversation with like the love of my, like my actual love of my life. You know, that happened to me recently with someone at a lunch and I was sitting, I knew one person there and so we kind of were like, oh, crap, like, and her, like, her buddy, like, I came alone. Actually, no, Jen was meant to be there, but she was sick. And so Jen was going to be my buddy and then the person I was with, 
their buddy like bailed as well and so we're like okay and I wasn't sitting next to her because we all had name tags and she's like oh like move let's move spots I was like yeah I'll quickly just swap the name tags and I remember Jen being like oh this person will be there you're sitting next to each other and I was like oh okay like whatever like it'll be fine like whatever like I don't for the sake of the person who was like a bit nervous I was like I will just move spots Anyway, and then there was someone in between, like someone else between me and this person that I was supposed to sit next to. And I was chatting to this person. And then the girl who I was supposed to sit next to, like leaned across her friend and we start chatting and she's like, and we just like start chatting and we're like, like almost like, you know, when you're really attracted to someone and you just like ignore everyone else in the room. (laughs) It was like that. And we just ignored everyone else. And then. She's like, do you just want to go outside? And I was like, yeah. Like, and we went outside and we just like had a chat. And then she made her friends swap. No. <laughs> and then we chatted. And we, it was like, we were just like, we had the most like intense conversation. And it was like, the minute we started chatting, we were just like divulged like the deepest, darkest secrets of our lives. And I was like, I don't even know you. And I would never, I don't know. Like, yeah. Same it's so weird. And I think... That's another element of new friendships too because they don't know you or your history. You almost feel safe to say mm-hmm. whatever the hell yeah. it is because you can also carve out your own new identity with this friend because you're not it's the same so person true. with every single one of your friends. It's just saying, well, I'm not going to start talking about clothing or fashion to one of my friends who doesn't give a fuck about clothing. Yeah. Whereas I would speak about it to somebody else and then that can inform your friendship in a different way or whatever it mm. is. So I think that... Almost anonymity at the beginning of a friendship is mm. so refreshing. Yeah, and I think like when you have your friends, they remember you when you made mm. you became friends. Totally. Yeah. And like that is actually one thing I really want to ask you both. Is that like oh, you are sisters, right? Yeah. And I think about this with my sisters or my siblings. And like I remember us as children, like probably like seven or eight. Like that's probably my most conscious us of like of us being like all conscious and all speaking and like you know because we're all different (laughs) but you know just being kids and obviously like I'm 28 now my sister's 26 we are like completely different people and I'm sure the two of you are since you were both little and like has there ever been a point where you're like oh yeah like Yana's really cool for this or like have you ever like acknowledged a point where you're like sisters or friends or the lines blah blah do you know what I mean like, totally. I'm trying to say, it's like, it's like if we weren't sisters would we be friends yes I'm, I'm, I'm asking <laughs> Sorry, Yana this such before. a big question <laughs> no but it's true I asked Yana this before she, she's gonna throw me over the bus and <laughs> she wouldn't be friends with me <laughs> And I said I would be friends with her, but I think that she's just playing hard to get, to be honest. I'm not even going to lie there. I know that we would be friends, and I think that I would go so above and beyond for you, and maybe sometimes I'd reserve parts of my personality that I wouldn't show you. Because you I'm would be a completely different person if we were friends and not sisters. That that's the hilarious thing. Vice versa. Absolutely. <laughs> that goes without saying. But I think that. Yeah, to your point, I think some people can't ever move past who you were as a friend at that point in time, so that's mm. hard. Whereas with sisters, it's a natural flow. I don't mm. feel as though I'm like, 
you know, Yana was this Yana at this point, but now she's changed and, mm. and now I'm really struggling to come to terms with it. But that being said, I think that's something that is really difficult for sisters, which we, we've seen before in the past, is when you're as close as us, one sister yeah. gets a partner or there's a yeah. big life, you know, yeah. some change, someone moves overseas or something. Or, you know, if one person's really thriving and successful mm. and then the other one's not. But I think because we've been so intertwined in each other's lives it's I don't even have to consider whether Yana is my friend like, yeah, it, sounds, yeah, yeah, it yeah. actually sounds like it's more like look at Yana she's like I love I'm it. sitting here and I'm thinking it's it's kind of weird because it's when people say that we're sisters or we're friends uh, this is how I feel. I honestly feel sometimes like we're a married couple yeah. and we're constantly in a text exchange Yeah, and it's almost like, hey, I'm keeping you updated on my movements and what I'm doing mm. today. Like my family will say, where's Katiana? Like yeah. I'm her personal secretary. Yeah. Like, my friends. Like, all my family will find my friends. No, I always know what you're doing and like your calendar and what you're up to and we always ask each other for advice but we're also aware that and this happened very naturally, but even though we do things together, we also have our own individual mm. things that we stand for. Because mm. I think it's really important when you are sisters, especially us, like we look really alike. People always ask us if we're twins. And mm. I was like, oh my gosh, you speak the same, etc. Mm. It's important to have your own identity and to also do things by yourself yeah. as well. And so like, uh, yeah, how do you, I think, yeah, because you, I think it's so easy to just like get caught up and be like, oh my gosh, she's my sister. Like we just do everything together. And like, mm, yeah, we are almost, you know, in a way like a married couple, like we are one. Yeah. And then like fostering your own identity away from each other. Mm. And then uh, is that through like other friends? And then are they friends? Like <gasps> that's such a good point because I think so many people would be surprised to hear this. So I agree that I think individuality and autonomy as a person mm. and not being codependent is actually really important. Yeah. But I want to put in a disclaimer there and say being dependent on someone else in this day and age, it's normal and mm. people should be dependent on others because if you are completely independent and you're like, fuck this, I rely on nobody else, yeah, no. this is my life, blah, 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 I think that that's not the way we were actually meant to be as humans. No. We are social beings. Mm. You Think yeah. about it, in a time of hardship or a strife, you want to know that someone there has your back, whether it's your sister, whether it's your best friend, your mm. family, it could be the neighbour, mm. it could be anyone. And I think for Yana and I, we're very fortunate in that, of course, we have the most intimate understanding of each other, being family, being, you know, sisters, business partners, doing everything together. But we also our own people yeah. and Yana has her own personality and she has her own things that she likes to do and same with me yeah. <laughs> and for so long I think after university particularly people have probably come to see us as more we do everything together mm. because you know we're in lockdown together yeah. and we come back but Yana and I study different things even though we went to the same university and people were like I saw you in the commerce building what are you doing here and I was like no I was in the, the law building but I think that it's funny because our friends inevitably <laughs> also end up being the same. But not only that, all you're like, do you ever have minutes where you're just like, can I own, can I have my own friends? Like, can you leave me alone? Like, do you ever have? No, <laughs> I do have some of my own friends. So you're my like, friends are on good terms with Katiana, so they'll go to Katiana's birthday. Yeah, totally. But you're just like, I don't know. Like, you know how you hear about some 
sub siblings and they're just so like it's so gorgeous and they're all encompassing and they're just like there's no boundary like, like they're just yes <laughs> and it's just like you know my friends are your friends and like but at some point like there has to be a boundary where your friends are kind of your own identity and yeah I mean I know exactly what you mean I know exactly what you mean but so funny you <laughs> I actually don't feel like this and Gaviana might say that I'm a possessive person because I like things being like in their spot if I'm completely honest do you think that that is such like a sibling like I think that's a sibling dynamic like totally you being the oldest like I'm sure when you're when like you were around like your parents were like you've got to share you've got to like look after your sister and like whoever said that like did anyone say like you've got to that's share with your older sister so. like, you've got to share with your older sister like no like you got what you got and that was your own I don't know, that was what it was like in my family. Yeah, right? honestly, we, no, I think that's pretty valid. And also, <laughs> you, you, as the eldest, you need to be, you know, more of the accommodating and, and do that sort of thing. But I think with friends, I get such, it was back to your point before, I get such joy mm. in knowing that my friends are friends with each other or even having Yana there. We just, we don't have to debrief things through totally. twice, even our older brother mm. is really good friends with all of our friends and then their siblings have joined the group so yeah. now it's just friends on friends on friends yeah. on friends like I'll just invite anyone I'm not that person yeah like that's such an awkward mix of people I'm like fuck it bring everybody in oh my god the, the awkward mix of people argument kills me I'm like you'll really? find someone they the nerds will find the nerds yeah. let them <laughs> Like, we go to events, like, when you're talking about going to the other day, so often I will go to an event, I don't know a single person there, mm. and, you know what, I'm like, I'll just make two with the situation. Yes. And it's, it's, we actually need to learn how to create connections with people yeah. these days, because we all feel, I think more than ever, people feel so disconnected, they feel so lonely, mm. and I think it is because everyone's like, you know, they feel this pressure to be independent. I mm. think that if you want a community, a community is dependent on other people. And I also think that we... I think in the last 10 years have found a way to remove every discomfort from our life. Mm. Yeah. We have found a way to, if we don't like the way we look, you can, you know, injectables, cosmetic surgery has become so much more accessible. If you don't want to have to cook, you can order something. If you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't have to. Like you literally don't have to. Totally. You can just text and then it's fine. You don't have to call. Like that whole meme about when people call. Yeah. Totally. I hate that meme. It's just pick up the phone. Me too. Okay. Even at work, as in people won't even want to call clients, they want to speak. And I'm like, give it to me. Yeah. I'll have the hard conversation. This is disengaging you. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. But you know what? It is, it's actually just ridiculous because everybody's so connected on social media. Never mind. People, I've been places where, you know, someone will be speaking to you online. You have an online relationship with them, and then you see them in real life. And you're literally like looking around. Like, oh so weird. Do not get me started on that. That is my biggest hate in this world. Totally. Are you a human? Hello. I'm just talk about avoidant as well in terms of the attachment styles as well, and in terms of of people not picking up the phone. Like for me, I think that like I have people, had drinks with people. 
and they have looked, then they like have looked me in the eye at an event and just like turn the other way. <gasps> it's just so rude. I actually just think it's a lack of manners. Like, I actually mm. think it's harder to ignore someone at an event than say, hello, how are you? And then mm. keep going. Mm. When people have like met you and then they get reintroduced to you and they're like, oh my God, it's so lovely meeting you. And I waste no time and being like, no, we met at this event. Oh my God. <laughs> So no time. Good sometimes on you. I accidentally I'm like it's so nice to meet you when I know I've met the person before. Mm. Like sometimes it's a slip of the tongue. But to be honest, it's like how do you not remember mm. that you met someone? Yeah. If I've ever done that, I always come back and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Same. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. We actually have met. Can you remind me? Like that. I will always like I'm even so at club sub. If someone looks remotely familiar, I'm like, have we met? I do that too. All really. the time. Just just to like. Because, you know, the thing sometimes it's just people, the way that they feel, they're like, you're not actually validating my existence. I've made an impact. Right. And it it's might be so you're not in that, the headspace that day. I think acknowledging people and their value, for me, is, like, number one thing. Mm. Like, for me, that's what it's a bit like, this is a huge term to throw out. It's almost a little bit gaslighting. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, have, meet this person, you have a great conversation, and then, like, you know, one day you bump into them again and they just blank you and you're like, Did, was I, like, was that in my head that mm. we had that nice conversation? Like, is my judgment on totally. how... Off. That, as yeah. you say, it's so easy because what are the, not that there were any repercussions beforehand, but, you know, it's... Mm. Do, I don't know. I also think it's this whole thing of, like... So, you know, I think about our parents or like when we grew up like there was still I grew up still with like the main phone in the house yes and oh like it rang and you know it was like your brother's girlfriend <laughs> like, and you'd answer the phone you'd be like hi and then you have to like answer the phone really nicely and like but as soon as mm. like if that phone rang did it did or didn't ring you had no connection else like you couldn't connect to anyone outside your house right yeah. And so it's like, I think in a way, like social media's kind of created this thing where we're just constantly on, you know, yeah. where we're just like never off and our ability to actually have like conversations with people just ends. It's almost like you're fatigued. Yes. You're constantly on. So when you do need to turn it on and verbalize it, you're just incapable of doing so. Mm. And I've been reading, I read this really sad but amazing book called The Lonely Century and it's all about how our modern world is geared for us to be so lonely yeah and in like the next 50 years like it's just gonna be crazy and like you know being chronically is something about like 50% of the American population felt lonely pre-pandemic and being chronically lonely is as bad as like smoking 15 cigarettes a day it is horrible and I think yeah it's just They've done all these studies about, like, sitting down at a dinner table and, like, eating together. Like, they did it with the, um, like, I think it was the Air Force and some fire brigades. And they found that, like, they did all these surveys pre and before where they made sure that everyone ate together at the same time and that the connectedness and the, like, the banter and the, like, their actual, what was it with, like, um, 
the fire brigade actually like they became quicker at getting out Mm. yeah like getting out of the station they became quicker it was like something like they shaved seconds off like getting out on time and it's all because they worked better as a team and they they knew each other and they could like anticipate who they were working with and it's like Literally, when your KPI is saving life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, but it makes so much sense. It's because you actually know the people that mm. you're working with and you can have the harder conversations mm. and you people's strengths and their weaknesses and what gaps you're feeling, mm. which is another thing where sometimes I think that previously in certain jobs that I've had, I've just felt like I've worked eight or ten hours a day with these people and I haven't felt that connection mm. and I think that when you don't feel connected to the people that you work with okay I'm not saying they become your whole life and your work should become your whole life but you should feel like you've created like some sort of genuine relationship yeah. and friendship with the people that you've you're working with and spending most of your time with mm. I don't know I just feel like even that causes you to withdraw yeah well I think we've been taught to think that socializing is Instagram yeah. And yeah. it's not. It's like sitting down and doing this. Yeah. And eating. <laughs> yeah. And this delicious meal is so, so, so nice. So beyond delicious. It's, yeah. There's just something about a roast chicken. It's always so companies. But yeah. And I think like, eat like, okay, obviously you have an oil brand and it's centered around food and you both work around food. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like what your dinner tables were like when you were a kid? Like, okay. what were they like? Our dinner table setup is genuinely the stuff of dreams because our family friends and our, our friends as we were kids still talk about it and it's, it actually hasn't changed really. I it can see it so vividly. So <laughs> to your point about you need to sit down and eat as a family, mm. there was none of this eating, uh, you know, dinner in front of the telly when mm. we were growing up. No. We're Greek, so obviously family and food yeah. are so important to us. My dad was like at the dinner table when he works as a in a high stress environment as a lawyer. He always has. Mm. We would always have dinner together as a family. Oh my god, stop! With the four of us, my mum would have prepared the most beautiful meal every night of the week. We'd have something different, whether it was yeah roast chalk or Greek fakies, which is like a lentil soup. But every single meal without fail, we would have a finely chopped green salad, which is the or the best salad so my mum would make me a special salad with iceberg lettuce like my mum catered <laughs> back to the dietary and there were about every 20 plates on the table for a family of six like it was ridiculous <laughs> how many leftovers we would have and then no one would eat the leftovers because then the next day my mum would have the food and eating around at the table and like we always have we're just that house where we always have friends coming in and out in and out like mm. two friends will pop in it's okay mm. there's enough food yeah I mean yeah there's <laughs> enough because it's yeah. like reset every night and um the dinner table has been some of the funniest moments in our it's like we're all the screaming matches <laughs> you know, someone says something the other person's disagreeing it's when you know you get I think why my dad was so big on it was because he wanted to hear everyone's update on their day. How was your day? Oh what did God. you do? And even let's say, even if you're a moody teenager or whatever you are, I used to come home from tennis at like 9 p.m. I'm like, oh, yuck, I have to eat fish and salad. Oh, mom, why couldn't you prepare pasta? Like, this is the yeah. <laughs> You know what is yeah. funny? It's funny that when, I'm not sure if you've experienced when your whole family sits down at the table 
And for example, if we knew it was soup, like we're having soup, and you're all just sucking. we all look, we all look at each other and we're like, okay, we know who's going to be slurping the soup up the table. <laughs> <laughs> And so we look at each other and our older brother gets so offended when people slurp. And so we say, favorite day of the week, soup day. And he would, he, that was his trick of me. As soon as there was a soup, he was like, nah, like, I can't. Yeah. It's just yeah, I love that, like, in my family, it was, it was so interesting. I don't know where this ever came from, but, like, we would have dinner at the table and everyone of the children got airtime and you could like tell like my dad would be like so what happened today and everyone can't talk while you're talking and everyone has to hear what happened in your day and then we'll talk about it and that was dinner that's so Beautiful. nice yeah you see how that feeds directly and I'm just like pushing like my peas around yeah <laughs> and my yeah. gross mashed potato <laughs> yeah true if I had to wait till everybody was finished. Yeah, I know. But I wonder if people do that anymore. Like, I'm, you know, can't leave the table until everyone's finished eating. Like, we grew up in Queensland, so, like, my brother would, like, try to rock up to the dinner table without a shirt on. My dad would be like, absolutely not. Oh, my God. <laughs> my little brother still does that now. Yeah, my dog would be like, upstairs, shirt on, then you can have dinner. See, but how nice is it? Because it's almost, it's the ritual of yes. having dinner together as a family, which sounds as though... It's not a big deal, but this day and age, it is. You've got activities on after school, people work, like you've got events on, then you've got the kids who just don't want to come downstairs and do mm. things. And I think it's so important, though, to really foster that as a family and yeah. with your friends. I don't know about you, but, like, my mum was always like, okay, yeah, like, doing all the activities. She's like, no, you've got to pick one. Like, home life is life. You know, like, you've got to, like, we can't just be running around for you all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know, like... I think I think our mum was like run up her feet in like she was working. she was like literally feeding like she was running a mini restaurant by the totally time. <laughs> we did we did every activity language instrument like under yeah. the sun like now that I like I actually think it was about a full time job for her for sure totally and she was working in our family oh, business was she yeah she, she wow. was a girl but it is it's like we put value I think on what we give outside our family and our home, like mm. to our work, to our activities, etc. And then often we just like leave the scraps for our family. Yeah. And for me, and I feel like for your mum as well, what your mum was trying to instill in you guys is you actually present your best self to your family as well. Mm. Because they're the people that feed you, they're the people that care about you the most. Mm. Well you'd hope. So yeah. you should be giving them the best version of you. And like now I've become a person in my friendship group that like I just plan everything. Because I'm like quality time. Everyone, like, you know, yeah, I'm just like, it has to happen. Cause like, I love saying to everyone, I'm like, are we just going to go to wine bars until we die? Or are we just going to actually hang out? You know? Like, I, I hate that. that. And also that's something that annoys me too, which I get it because everybody is on such a schedule and you need to be respectful of people's time. Yeah. But having people over to your house and just doing it, seeing around the table, right. you don't have a two hour reservation. Yes. You don't have to go to another birthday after no. this. You have no distractions whatsoever. The mm. thing that's important is just hanging out with your friends and enjoying yeah. the moment. I think it's something that we need to do mm. more of. It's just I, I understand it's hard in this world. Well, I think also, like, I think our generation will probably stop, have as like, having as many kids. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's 
like it's important that we start understanding and laying those foundations for very long friendships because like I think about my parents like they both moved from Melbourne and then they had us so like they kind of never had time to really lay down friendships before they had us yeah and so I think like my parents then split up like 15 years later and I think when that happened I think they, yeah, they really kind of struggled because they didn't have that support group. Like, mm. they didn't have that network. And, yeah, I just think, like, like obviously they had us and we were, like, what they could throw themselves into. But if that happens and we're, like, not having kids and, like, what's, like, how are we connected and how are we, you know, what's having next? Like, Yeah, what's next? And, like, how in our, like, 40s and 50s are we, like, maintaining? Because, like, the stats are wild, like, from 30 it's like your social group like halves each time like it's so crazy I know I really try to like manage the amount of loneliness books I read but it's wild I think it's great that you're reading them because sometimes yeah. you were going to be doing the complete opposite. I know, I know, I know. Every, every time. I know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just need to like rein it in on having so many social engagements. But no, I just think we have to and we have to be conscious of it. Totally. And, and also being inclusive and really facilitating those opportunities for everybody to come together in a way where I agree with the wine bar thing. I'm love food I'm obsessed with yeah. and the food but sometimes I just think to myself even I've, I've got friends who maybe have been in Melbourne for years and years and years mm. and I look around and I say well they don't really have an extensive network and mm. if I do throw something we do have an event or something mm. like that everybody I would like to really enjoys themselves totally I met your friend or I met this person and Sometimes you can forget just because you feel burnt out and exhausted because you're maintaining, you know, your work and your mm. friendships. That for other people, this social interaction is the highlight of their week. Totally. A hundred percent. I feel like that. I mean, people, like, this was just such a highlight mm. and such a, like, mm. yeah, miserable experience. And that's like, you know, that whole saying of, like, monitor how you feel when you leave someone mm, I love I love that like I have started following that so much and I got to this I think I've been doing it in like the last year because my year last year was so crazy and because my time was so finite I was like okay if I'm with you and I'm feeling like rejuvenated after I leave like you're one to follow yeah and like you're one to foster and now I have, like, a group of, like, I would say, like, six to eight people who I'm, like, any given moment, I'm, like, you're all the bloody best. I don't know. I <laughs> you're very Totally. And I think it's so important and, like, talking about that that is possible and talking about that, like, people should never drain you. And if they do, like, There's something keep wrong going, find someone else, like, there yeah. is something wrong. It's true. And drain, and there's a difference between draining and being there to support your friend through the hard times that mm. people I can feel guilty in a friendship when they're like oh I feel drained but oh you know she's she or he or they are going through a hard time whatever it is that they're mm. doing and you know oh but I've got to be there well no friendships actually take work and totally. when they're really good they don't really take that much because effort like but if you're in a romantic relationship and like you were going through a phase and some your partner was like okay enough's enough like 
you've been shit for like six months now yeah. and I'm, I'm drained around you. Like that would be crisis talks. Yeah. That would be like, right, I'm going to therapy. Like, you know, I'm sorting this shit out. But yeah, with a friend, I can just like let it go. Totally. And look, if I'm honest, I think that if people are self-aware, which I think most people are, you know when you're being a drainer. Like, and then there's that awkward awkward text afterwards where you almost need to like cover up the drainers. I actually don't think I've got a. I'm not gonna lie. I think we're like, sorry, I was being drained. You're like, oh my god, don't worry. No, someone called me recently and was like, I'm really sorry, I was such a big drainer. And you're like, yeah, I know. No, I was like, no, it's okay, that's what friends are for, but I was thinking, yeah, you were a freaking drainer. But no, you know. <laughs> and all honesty, I don't feel like I have any friends that are drainers. So let's say in particular, if we do go through, like they go through a hard time, let's say I go through a hard time, I'm willing to make concessions. But in general, I just think that if, if there's this pattern of behavior where someone is draining you, it's actually okay for you to say, I'm not equipped and I don't have the emotional energy to give you all of me. Mm. Because sometimes we just... We give everything to everyone else and then we're left feeling so burnt mm-hmm. out and depleted. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. And the flip side of that, I think also, Yana, is to consider how am I actually making other people feel too? I think that we yeah. also live in this world where we expect people to know inherently how we feel, maybe understand what an interaction is. And as we said, some people do know when they're being drainers, but I think it's good for everyone to reflect within themselves. Am I that person who's leaving mm. people feeling rejuvenated mm. and excited and, like, that was a, a highlight of their day or week and they look forward to another interaction with mm. me, whether it's you talking to the checkout chick or, <laughs> like, getting your Uber Eats, your, your colleagues. I think it's it's something that's so small, really mm. doesn't require much energy. You're allowed to have an off day. But, yeah, think about also how you can make something yeah. else's day. Like, oh, it's some water. It's true because, I don't know, I just think that... When you were feeling, when you were feeling, when you were feeling low, yeah, and then you're projecting that onto other people, you don't actually leave that interaction feeling higher. No, you actually leave that interaction feeling probably more cemented in that energy. Mm. So that's why when you're more conscious of the energy that you're bringing to the table, and you're, you know what, maybe sometimes putting something aside and having a positive interaction, you probably realise in the grand scheme of things how you're feeling in that moment probably mm. isn't as strong as what you thought it was, like how mm. bad you felt. And you actually leave feeling a lot better. Yeah. Like sometimes I think we we actually make a conscious decision through our actions and through how much energy we plan and water through our thoughts. Mm. We actually choose how we want to feel. Mm. Like I actually think I make a conscious decision mm. of how I want to feel. Because sometimes you can't control it. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> you feel like something's triggered you or you're moody or you're agitated. <laughs> yeah. But I say to myself in the morning, today's a day for me to have a beautiful day. And I love that. <laughs> but it's true. And then that will impact how, I, how I'm having this conversation with you. Yeah. And Mine, I've like, only recently started doing it, but it's off the back of like understanding my attachment styles. Um, is I'm calm and kind. Oh, oh calm and kind. Sad. I'm gonna be calm and kind today. Cause I just sometimes I get agitated and I'm like, I'm just like, I think maybe it's like, I don't wanna be stereotypically redheaded, but it's <laughs> something I'm like, like, I have like a fire and I just like <laughs> switch. And then I'm just like, no, calm and kind. And I always, I'm like, 
become kind to someone that, you know, you just don't know what they're going through. You know? It's like everyone's fighting their battle. I mean, it's look, it's been a week. I'll touch base with you in like a couple of months and see how it's going. But yeah. so far, so good. <laughs> but I'm loving it though because it sets your intention for the day. Yes. It sets your intention and the time of the day. So even if you have to sass a few people in the day, you can sass them calmly <laughs> and kindly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's a, a calm and kind sass, I think, is a boundary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. But yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should just leave it there. Actually.